This is CliffCentral.com. Let's get to Anthea and see what she has for us in the money shots. She works for the money. Yes, she does so. Got to be one of my Yeah, favorites. it's it's one of the better ones. For sure. She works hard for the money. Money shot today. It's Monday, so what do we have on the agenda? Yeah, it was a pretty tough week last week, I'm afraid. Uh, GDP contracted by 2.2% in the first <sighs> quarter. So, of course, everyone's up in arms. I mean, this is off a previous 3.1% expansion. So, I, I know everyone's really upset about this. But actually, if you break it down, you'll see the different parts are kind of manufacture. Uh, uh, agriculture. Agriculture is the big one. And mining, those were horrible. Those were just absolutely awful. Um, but other than that, and I guess government spending too much money on themselves again probably is not great. Um, but, you know, finance manufacturing kind of held its own a little bit. And, and I, you have to wonder, like, kind of where this comes from. And actually... It's the quarter where we all started talking about expropriation of land without compensation, yep, right? That's so it. just think about it. If you're a farmer or if you're an outside investor and you want to be investing in this country and you think land is going to be taken away without compensation, are you going to invest? Hell no. Exactly. It's straightforward, you would think. So I would say there's a perfect correlation almost. Anyway, that sent the rand to 1338 against the US dollar. I mean, and we're last doing so week well. this time. 12, where were we last week? 12.76, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's still over 13 at the moment, which is not great. Of course, the weaker end helped the JSE because it was up 2% for the week, which is nice. Um, so yeah, so we started June on the JSE. We started June off on a positive note, um, up about, where were we now? 3.5%, I'd say. Okay. So that's quite nice. I'm quite relieved after May's down 4.5%. So you know that saying, sell in May and go away? Yeah. Don't believe it. You would have missed out on the June rally. Okay. Um, and then. Look how excited Anthea is. <laughs> the are the best. Yeah. Um, and then Steinoff, we have to talk about Steinoff. They got thrown a lifeline last week by their creditors. So their creditors sent them a letter of support in inverted commas saying that we will subordinate our debt. In other words, we won't call our debt. Um, it's to the tune of, let me remember this number. I think it was like 138 million euros or something. Oof. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, there are a couple of, um, what are the words, caveats, if you like, where they're not allowed to issue more shares and they're not allowed to get deeper into debt. It does, however, and this is the part that I'm finding very interesting. And I'm, I'm speculating a little bit here because imagine you're a company, Steinoff, and you owe these people lots of money, but because of what's happened, you don't actually have the money to pay them. I think what would have happened is the distressed debt hedge funds would have gone to the banks who would have held the debt and said, we'll pay you 50 cents on the euro, we'll take over your debt and we'll collect it when we're good and ready. Then what these distressed debt hedge funds do is they go to Steinoff and say, we won't call the debt, but you have to pay us a 50% contingency fee 
upfront. So they take their 50% contingency fee. They still owned 100% of the debt. They've only paid 50 cents on the euro. So they're in the trade for zero, basically. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's some serious accounting. I mean. And then any money they get paid back on this debt is pure profit. Hmm. That sounds like a very clever plan. We love distressed debt fund, hedge funds because they're clever. They do like the whole structuring thing. That's very <laughs> clever. I, I don't understand. Who, where does the debt go? So to the hedge fund. So the hedge fund now holds the debt. Yeah. So Steinoff owes um, the hedge fund the debt. Yeah. The hedge fund has paid the bank 50 cents on the euro. So the, the, the bank has taken a 50% haircut. Because they didn't want to take the whole 100% debt. Risk, right. exactly. Okay, I've got yeah. you. Okay, so, and then they whatever they get paid back is just a bonus. Absolutely, pure profit. Jesus. And of course, the problem for Steinoff is now they've paid fifty percent contingency fee upfront, and if they do plan to pay back the whole hundred percent, well, That's they're brilliant. paying one hundred and fifty percent for their debt. Very clever. But there you go. Um, the share was up in Europe. Steinoff was up in Europe by forty-eight percent on whenever this happened <sighs> Thursday. <Lord. laughs> wow! How crazy is that? Because they got given a lifeline, basically. It's amazing. And then Salsi are taking Ikasa to court. Because ICASA put in regulations where they said they weren't allowed data to expire. They had to uh, charge X amount. They couldn't overcharge people for data, blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. the whole story, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're probably more familiar and, and that, with this. And that whole, um, what do they call it? Uh, some other fees. There was those inter- interconnect fees. And ICASA has been making a whole lot of rules. That's right. And they gave the telcos a month to comply. And, of course, they didn't. And a day before that happened, Michael Jordan launched Rain Mobile. Right, which is a new competitor on the market. It's which only is, data. Which made, made Celsi and Vodacom and MTN very unhappy. Yeah, very them, unhappy you know. because no contracts, uh, no expiry of the data, and yep. one gig costs you 50 rand. So. Which is much undercut their position. But I think, and I think people haven't noticed this, actually, Telcom, there's a bit of a war on data at the moment, price war. Good. Um, so Telcom come too soon. are making, I saw a special offer for 28 rand a gig. I think it was limited, a limited period only, but that's the point, you know. So for us, the consumer, fantastic, right? Yeah, like, sure. I'm sick of paying excess for data. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, but if you're holding a telco's company, your earnings are certainly going to be under pressure. Okay, well, it's about time. Yeah, for us. <laughs> yeah, but even if you're holding them, you've been profiteering for a long time. This is true, right? Take your profits. I think Telcom's still on like a 7% dividend yeah. yield or something yep. ridiculous. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Yep. Sorry. Oh, Ben. I was flipping through the Sunday Times yesterday while having lunch. It was there. Um, and there was this big open letter from the CEO of Telcom to the president, basically saying, open up the industry. We're looking at the new industrial revolution. It's all about being online. Hmm. So let's make it better. Basically, just throwing the ball in your court, saying we're ready to be innovative. How about you guys catch the hell up? Well, what, massive, what does he expect the president ad. to do? Well, there's so many limitations in in this place with um, the broadband. Oh, I mean, yes, and spectrum. Find my right words. The spectrum, that kind of stuff. And government could do a whole bunch more mm. to get us on the grid, so to speak, of the next industrial revolution, as they point out in this, in this big long letter. So mm. it's quite a ballsy kind of start. To That's take. interesting. That's exciting. I do like the CEO of Telcom, by the way. I think he's one of the smarter people in South African business and not afraid clearly to voice his opinion on these things. Okay, but so Cell C are the ones who are looking for court interdict against ICASA. Yes, because they said they're not compliant and ICASA only gave them a month to comply and that wasn't enough for them. 
That's okay. basically what and they're saying. And how does this impact on rain? I don't understand. Is, is this just Well, I think it's the other way around. Rain is impacting on the other telcos. So this is the problem, right? Uh, mm, rain okay. are coming in. And they basically they're coming in compliant. Right. That's what it is. Where the others aren't compliant, they're like, well, we are compliant. And we're not huh. charging too much. No contract fees. We're great for the consumer. I think it's very exciting. It is exciting. And Michael Yordan has proven he can do this stuff. Yeah. And he's okay. also the guy working on Bank Zero, don't forget. I know. Right? So I'm tweeting about it yesterday. Yeah. Very excited, isn't oh. he, about all these things? <laughs> Plenty of <laughs> so new things happening. Well, this is very bad news. Didn't we keep talking about disruption? Months ago, we started talking about disruption in banking and financial services and telcos. And look, now it's happening. Mm-hmm. All right. While we're talking about techs, please can we talk about global tech companies? Because when sure. last week, the rest of the market was very volatile. Tech yeah. companies outperformed phenomenally. So the tech indices shot the lights out, basically. Um, and it's really being held up by the fangs. You know the fangs. Facebook, uh, Apple. Google. Netflix and Google, right? Oh. You didn't know this, Sia? No. Sia doesn't listen to me, does he? No. no, that is the term I'm using, the fangs. Okay. Yeah. Facebook, the, Apple, That's Netflix. the first time you mentioned fangs. Is it really? Yes. Oh, my I'm so sorry. I should have done this last year. My apologies. Pay attention, pay attention, because the Asian tech companies are called BATS. So it's Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, and Taiwan Semiconductor. Okay. And those are the big ones. Two terms to use in casual conversations this week. (laughs) Fangs and BATS. Yeah. You'll really impress your friends. (laughs) And, and, so, so I had a quick look at kind of where earnings are and what's going on because we've been watching it over the months. Um, but I wanted kind of a consolidated picture. And this is just like just top line, right? So Facebook at their last results posted revenue of $12 billion, which is 50% up year on year to the previous quarter, right? Sure. I mean, they're getting double digit user growth. Earnings per share, they came out at $169, $1.69 compared to what we were expecting of $135. So, so they're just beating expectations continuously. Apple, same story. Remember, they had their problem with iPhone. Yep. But even so, they're doing a hundred billion dollar capital return program. And otherwise, in other words, they're buying back shares. Also beat earnings, 273 versus what we were expecting of 267. And I know these numbers, like six cents seems a little, but considering there's millions of shares, it's actually a sure. lot. Um, and also they, you know, they've got the ability to diversify into products and services and they're just doing lots of things. Netflix earnings weren't so great, but again, user growth, phenomenal. Um, Amazon, I don't even need to talk to you about that, right? Like, uh, what did Warren Buffett said? You do not want to give give Jeff Bezos a seven-year head start because things were difficult in the beginning, but he really is taking things by storm now, like yep. taking over the world and retail. Um, so, so basically what I'm saying is just even though we keep expecting really high numbers for the earnings, these companies keep beating it. And also I was looking at just – Tech, I was just doing a lot of reading generally last week about tech and some, and one of the interesting things, which I don't, I'm not sure we have spoken about before, are adoption rates. So, you know, it took, so I, I found this graph, um, there were lots of graphs, <laughs> lots of tables, but this is an interesting one. To, to, to see the adoption rates of tech companies in the US for a company or some sort of technology, not a company, sorry, technology to be taken up by 25% of the population. Yes. It took, 
45 years for 25% of the U.S. population to get electricity. It took 35 for the telephone, Mm -hmm. 31 for radio, Mm -hmm. um, 27 for television, Mm -hmm. 15 for the PC. So it's getting shorter and shorter. Exactly. The the window is narrowing here. That's exactly my point. You've picked it up exactly. But what's uh, keep going all the way down to the bottom? Okay. Mm, Mobile phones, 12. Yeah. Um, Web, 8. Smartphones, 5. Yeah. And you porn? One year. Oh, hang on. Let me Google that. <laughs> so, very fast adoption rates is where we're going with this. But thanks for throwing that in. Gareth. You porn one year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then I watched something very interesting on Netflix. Something called AlphaGo because you know this this board game called Go. It's supposed yes. to be the most difficult, intellectually stimulating right. board game in the world. Um, where Google's Deep Mind built um, artificial intelligence. Yes, a player to play against the world's best. Mm-hmm. Korean uh, Go player <laughs> It was interesting Because he Must I tell you How many he won and lost No I won't Because that's spoiling it Right mm. But the point is About about artificial intelligence That I'm trying to get to Is that I think you As human beings We're limited by Programming and building computers Because we only know so much We can't teach somebody More than we know A computer can teach you Everything it knows If you're another computer And you can learn more But the computer Has to learn that From somewhere and what's happening at the moment, apparently, in artificial intelligence is that because individuals or people can have limited amounts of knowledge to, to teach computers, they're learning from the Internet. Correct. How nervous are you right about now? And Think about the rubbish. And they're learning from each other. So here's the thing. A computer that is working twice as fast as its previous generation computer is now able within a moment to be four times as fast. A moment after it's become two times as fast, now it's four then it's 8, then it's 16, then it's 32, and so on. And last year, more information was put onto the Internet than the entire Internet since it started. There we go. Oh, man. How much information is that? But my concern, of course, is what sort of information. Some yeah. of it's rubbish. Kim Kardashian information. No, <laughs> some of it is rubbish. But, Did I just say that? But a lot of, a lot of I, I mean, listen, if you, if you think about programming and mathematics and science and that kind of thing, that 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 body of knowledge is just increasing and increasing in value. Yeah. I'm, so it's terrific. I think it's increasing slower than the junk information. It is. So I, I, I don't know of For any humans, but not for... For computers. If, if you're a computer and you're, you're trying to figure out the extrapolations of a certain equation, I mean, you can keep doing that ad infinitum, and you don't have to sleep like a human does, and you don't have to check whether you remember something that you did back in the beginning of the equation. Mm. If you're a computer, you know it, you know it, you know it, you know it. You keep knowing it. And you can build on that with other things that you know and learn along the way. And, and half the, the, the thing with solving mathematical equations is iterations, right? And Correct. computers can run iterations. Correct. Yeah, so that's kind of what's been keeping keeping me busy last oh. week. <laughs> been Tech worrying about in- artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence, yeah. Okay. And then of course you saw Cyril Ramaphosa got invited to the G7, which for the first time in 7 years. Yeah, so very excited about that. Um I haven't seen much news on it. The whole Angela Merkel Donald Trump uh Justin Trudeau thing has yeah. taken over the news <laughs> from G7. Um but it will be keen to see um what he comes up with and if he's sold South Africa because we really need that.
Well, then there was a story that I, I did want your comments on. I know that we're running a little bit uh, late now, but it's it's something that's probably quite interesting. In the Mail and Guardian, which I do my best not to read as often as possible, but there it is. The um, the broke SAA, which we know has no money, right, and has helped to bring the economy to this current juncture where we know that, what we're two, 2.2% contraction. Um they are paying their executives even more. They are paying the CEO, Vuyani Jahana, they're paying him 6.7 million rand. No. Yeah, a year. 6.7 million rand a year. Mpati Kofa, who is the new acting head of legal, 4.2 million rand. How's that? Unbelievable. Yeah, and there are two new people in the CEO's office who are both being paid over 2.5 million rand each. That is uh, Robert Newsom, who's the acting head of risk and compliance. He's getting 2.5 million rand a year. And a guy called Tabang Motsoi, who's getting 4 million rand a year for being their regulatory policy officer. Isn't so that now we know what they did when they went for a 1.8 billion rand uh, emergency debt facility, yeah. right? I mean, that's what they're spending it on, right. basically. Right, people. The, their current debt is sitting at 14 billion rand. That's right. Record. Wow. So there we go. Something to think about. Jeez. Thanks very much, Gareth. Thanks, Anthea. There we go. That's a money shot for you. This is CliffCentral.com.